Who, who are they? Can you see them around? Chiching, Piper got it right. We have four very special guests. We have Pastor Rob and Pastor Pauline. We have Pastor Jimmy and Pastor Beth. And tonight we are gonna spill the tea. Spill the tea. So you guys have put all your questions in our little teapot and we've we've mixed them all together and we're gonna be asking our very special, very wise, very kind, very loving guests all of your hard questions. So let's Give our special guests a huge round of applause and we're going to welcome them up. Amazing. Okay, for those of you who are new, we're just going to go down the line and we're going to introduce... Pastor Rob. Hi, everyone. Pastor Pauline. Uh, Pastor Jimmy. Jimmy. Pastor Beth. Can you tell us one more thing about yourselves? A fun fact about when you were in your youth days or a funny little memory that you can just drop on us? I'm just going to jump in quickly because I reckon I thought of one in about two seconds. Um, So back in uh, a while ago, we used to, it was at a camp. And um, I set the. I thought it was a really funny thing to get a deodorant can and a um, and a cigarette lighter, and like w- use a little flame flora thing. If you haven't done it, don't do it. But it's uh, yeah, it was doing that and it was doing it in the dorm. Little did I know that I was on the top bunk above a fire alarm and set the fire alarms off, and uh, everyone started splitting out and uh, it was quite funny because a couple of girls had their bags packed out the door within like two minutes of the fire alarms going off so that's my funny story I let the fire alarms off at a camp anyone else got a funny little story I don't know that mine's that funny but my special memory is that I met Jimmy at youth group so yeah Well, I met my wife at Youth Alive in Ooh, at a Youth Alive exactly. conference. Yeah, so I was on a, yep. I was up in a balcony room looking over the swimming pool to all these girls in the pool, and I thought, I'm going better down there. Then. And, I had yeah, a better figure then. Yeah, so, there you go. But I've never done anything funny in my life, <laughs> except roll cars. Oh right, yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm good at those moments, absolutely. I um. I was actually just thinking, I don't know, when Jimmy's talking about to camp, you know, when I was a teenager, we lived in Port Augusta and we used to come to the Tharuna camps at Port Lincoln. I do remember driving to Tharuna, and this is just a really red-hot tip, guys, when you're driving on a wet, because they always had it on the long weekend in June, it's always raining, so they were wet roads, and I do remember my car doing a 180 on one of those dirt roads and I was facing the other direction. Good thing I didn't go down the ditch. But what I'm just saying, just um, take care on the roads, guys. Take care on the roads. Well, I'll tell you one funny story that is oh, like a, it's like a KFC moment. Is I met an old friend and she had a daughter who was about 16 years old. And, and I didn't know, she had some little kids. And I thought, oh, it must be the her daughter's kids and I said oh so who are these your kids to the daughter and she says no they're my brother my little brothers and I was like uh, did someone say KFC <laughs> so yeah it's embarrassing 
I do that every day, almost one every day. Okay, so we just wanted to know how long you guys have been married for, just so we know. I can't remember. I was going to say, yeah, he would know. We have been married for 30 years this year. So when it comes to Halloween, 31st of October, remember, 30 years. I was two when we got married. Yeah. We like chocolates. Uh, we've been married 10 years coming wow. into March, I think. Wow. Nine. Are you sure? 13? Oh, yeah, next year's 10. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I wouldn't be being a male if I didn't really know. Nine years on Wednesday. Wow. When is it? Wednesday. This Wednesday. Oh, come on, Jimmy. Get your act together. Good thing we gave him a reminder now. Great. Okay, we're going to... KFC? Okay, we're going to now begin our panel. So, our first question is, what is a disciple? Okay, a disciple is anyone who decides to follow Jesus. So uh, there are many people you know, who in the Bible followed Jesus, uh, but there's certain ones who followed him wherever he went. And so it's saying, well, wherever Jesus goes, that's where I'm going to go. And it's uh, someone who's disciplined their life. That's where we get the word discipline from, is disciple. Wow. It's someone who's disciplined their life to be a follower of Jesus. So I think that's, you know, it's a great... Uh, Big question, but that's probably the simplified version of the answer there. Okay, I have another question actually based off of that. You said um, being a follower of Jesus, what does that look like? Well, I think that the, in broad terms, uh, and, and it's uh, not just say, hey, I, I go to church or I belong to a youth group or something like that. It's about a person who has allowed the teaching of Jesus to change their life and their perspective. So it's not a matter of, um, well, you know, I just go around telling people I'm a Christian or something like that, but it's allowing God to speak to you in a way that changes your life, changes your behaviour and makes you a, uh, different from the rest of the world, really. So it's being uh, fundamentally different that people could notice that there's something different about you. You'll talk different, you'll act different, um, you'll... Um, you know, you'll, there'll be something about you that others will notice that there's something that uh, isn't the same as everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so Pastor Rob said that um, Jesus, like God speaks to you. What? How does God speak to you? Is that for everyone? Or well, can for I? Maybe. Maybe I'll just answer that. We can all probably say something. Predominantly, the way God actually speaks to me is when I say I have my quiet time in the morning. It's when I read my devotion, so I don't know if you guys have got your 180. So for us, we've got the adult, the vision 180. So I, or the vision word for today, I read my devotion and then on the bottom it has your Bible reading and I, and I read through the Bible reading and then as I'm reading that, sometimes I'm just reading and I just feel like going, oh wow, like suddenly I understand what that says or it's saying something, I'm just trying to think of something that I've just read this week. I get lots and lots of, oh wow, God. Like if you read a proverb, there's 31 proverbs in the Bible, in the book of Proverbs. If you read a proverb every day, it gives you all the wisdom that you ever need to live by. So when I read in Proverbs, I think it was um, Proverbs 21 verse 3, so on day 21, it said, one day I read it and it said, 
that um, wisdom is like a jewel in a necklace. Now, if you've got a jewel on your necklace, you don't want to lose it. So it's something that's precious to you. And if that's what wisdom is, something that's precious to us, he spoke to me. So I want to hold on to that. You know, like I want to go, because it says, and, and few ever find it. So it's meaning a lot of people are really unwise. And that's just how he speaks to me. He really speaks to me through the Bible, yeah. predominantly through the Bible. Yeah, I was just going to jump on that. <clears throat> it's like as simple as it is. It's like read your Bible, read your Bible, read your Bible. It's one of those staple things that I think the sooner we get that grooved into our like disciple, uh, yeah, in the kind of discipled groove, the more like the Word will speak to us because the more I believe the Holy Spirit will then show us certain things, and obviously. Um, you know, prayer is another massive thing that, you know, we can pray into. Like, I know when I, before I read my Bible, <clears throat> I'll always pray and say, you know, God, uh, help me understand or show me the things that you want to speak to me about. Um, obviously, the Holy Spirit is a pretty big topic as well, which I won't go into too much. But, you know, God left us with the Holy Spirit, and I think that's something that we uh, can use to a massive advantage that. We can read the Word of God and it becomes alive. Now, I won't lie to you, like it's one of those things that sometimes when we read it, we think, okay, that was cool, and we kind of put it in this like archive in our minds. But can I encourage you that, you know, something may happen, whatever, and you just, in your subconscious, which I believe is then influenced by the Holy Spirit, will then kind of remind you of that certain scripture or remind you of that certain thing. And, um, yeah, it, it all stems from the Bible. The Bible, the Bible, the Bible. That's kind of the one thing I want you to really take away from. And with that, I think it's really important that you get a Bible that you can understand because there are lots of different uh, Bibles out there. Uh, not that anyone is better than the others, so don't get caught in the trap of someone telling you you've got to only use this one particular one. You've got to, The Bible is in different English translations, which means it's uh, modernised. So get one in a modern version that, is easy to read and easy to understand. So uh, we don't often uh, talk in old English terms or old English language. And the reason we don't is because we're not living in that world anymore. So find a, a Bible that is easy to understand and easy to read for you. So what someone else might find really easy may not be the best for you, but find the one that you like and it'll be like talking. It'll be like a God talking to you. We don't want to make that sound so spooky because you could read and think, well, this isn't like God speaking to me at all. But start, I would say, start in the New Testament um, as a tip. There's two parts of your Bible, Old and New. Um, you know, you'll find the bit where it says New Testament. Just start reading from there. Maybe read any of those. Uh, and it's all in, so what the Bible is, is a whole, a whole lot of books in one. So find a book uh, in there, anyone you like, in the New Testament and start reading that. A, a one that I'd say is really, really helpful to help you get grounded is James, Book of James. Um, I think that one will really help you with uh, how you behave, how you treat other people, and what God expects out of you. So my recommendation with any person who wants to hear God, read James. If you can't hear what God uh, says about us in that, then you are really deaf. So get, get a hold of James and read that. The other thing I'll probably jump off of that as well is that um, you know sometimes God will kind of speak to us differently toward like how... God may speak to Beth, maybe different to how he speaks to me. So, you know, don't be never like, oh, well, you know, God spoke to me that way. Why can't 
you know, I hear it from the same way. And it's different for everyone. We all have different ways of communicating. Some people like, you know, seeing a, a, a little blip of a vision. Other people, you know, there's all these stems of how God speaks to us because we're all so different. I mean, look at us. We're all not wearing the same thing unless you have twins. But, um, yeah, just, just this quick side note. God talks to everyone differently and don't ever think, oh, well, you know, he spoke differently. Ah. Uh, I'm waiting for God to speak to me that exact way with how he spoke to me through Beth. Can I say one more thing too? I know that you must have, um, you know the five love languages, I think you've been, you might have gone through that last week. So I have a different love language to Rob, my husband. Now, my love language is gifts. It's just naturally. Some so days. Some days. Some days it's words of affirmation. I just need everyone telling me how good I am. No, so predominantly... <laughs> A love language of mine is gifts. So if I see a pack of lollies that Rob likes, I'll put them under his pillow. Even Josh, you ask Josh, I put a pack of lollies under his pillow too. So what I'm saying is the way that God can even talk to you, because as Jimmy was saying, we're actually all different. So you might see some chocolate bars on special. Now, I'm not just saying do it to your friends. And you know what? Sometimes doing it to your friends and writing a little encouraging note on it can be nice. But you just might think of someone at school and go, how could I bless them or, or just do something kind? It might be, you know, they might think it's so abnormal, but if you can say something nice to them, even in the first 30 seconds of going, gee, look, you look really cool or, you know, it makes me feel really happy when I see you do something. Like, don't be weird. Do something that, you know, you would do, but do it. I'm going to encourage you to do it and say it because sometimes they're the, the Holy Spirit to causing us to be something different. And then some people go, well, why are you so weird? But no, no, it's not weird. It's just the Holy Spirit talking to us. So, and you know what? Sometimes it's just little things. Yeah. yeah, that's good. I heard Pastor Jimmy say before, he prays before he reads his Bible. Can one of you answer why is it so important that we actually pray? Um, I like to think that, so when we give our heart to God or whatever, we the Bible says we remove the veil that like sin puts between us and God. So when we pray, we have this like open communication with God um, that like the veil was removed. So we can just talk to God whenever and really freely. Um, whereas in the Old Testament, as Rob was saying, they used to have to like, I would have to go to Rob and he would have to like kill a lamb to then take into the temple and then like sacrifice that to then just speak to God like which is a huge ordeal but thanks to like what Jesus did on the cross we can literally just talk to Jesus like I'm talking to you now like so prayer is um is that open communication with God and and for me doing it or Jimmy or whatever doing it with our Bible the Bible is God's word so you're kind of like surrendering your thoughts or just opening bringing him into that conversation as you read the book or um just like I might go oh hey Pauline come into mine and Jimmy's conversation that's what it's like as I'm I know Jimmy I know my Bible or whatever then I'm inviting say Pastor Pauline into that conversation and that's what I'm doing when I'm praying to God is just going hey come be a part of what we're learning today and maybe they have and God always shows us more um because he knows everything um when we invite him into it and that's what happens when we pray and so Jesus said uh, to ask, uh, he, he said, uh, used an illustration, uh, if parents, if their children asked for bread, would they give them a rock? And no, we wouldn't we'd give them bread unless you don't love your kids. But so what prayer does is, is you asking God. And so if you say, God, I need some, uh, I need some help today, 
or I need to know what to do. And uh, when you ask him in that and then read your Bible, often you'll find that things uh, you know, become clearer for what you're actually going through. But what I think is really, really important is uh, it's like trying to say, uh, I've got a big, big sporting race or something on uh, today. So I need to get fit and healthy. And, and you try doing it in the, the first hour before that race. That's really stupid. So you wouldn't, you'd never get anywhere that way. So it's the same in your spiritual world. If you want to be fit and healthy and strong, then you've got to be eating well all the time. And it's a, it, their habits and exercising, all those things. So when it comes to uh, spiritual health and hearing God, then do it often. It doesn't mean you do it for, for you know, three or four hours at a time, but you, you do it at least once a day uh, and uh, have a, a regular habit of that, and that's how you'll get... Uh, you'll get to hear God's voice more clear and understand when he does uh, uh, communicate to you because it's really, we've got to be really careful we don't say, oh, God told me because there's a lot of people when you're a pastor like I am who God's telling them all this stuff and you think, that is just madness, that's crazy. Um, you're just imagination, that's your imagination and you're blaming God for it. We don't want to be that kind of person. So the difference between that kind of person and someone who really hears God is what they say is... Um, is genuine and it matches what the Bible says as well. So it's not something outside, nothing sort of um, uh, crazy that, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. I think also, like, obviously coming off of what I said was um, some... I actually sometimes do it in a way to actually, like, surrender myself. Like, I'm almost doing it to kind of, you know, um, wanting to... We'll put it this way, like, when we have a conversation, we're not kind of doing something while we're having that conversation. Like, it's rude to kind of be like, if I was to talk to you guys with my back to you, like, yeah, you know, it's really good that you're here tonight, youth, like, whatever. I think, I kind of think of stopping, kind of sitting at Jesus' feet and then starting to have a conversation with him rather than just like, oh, God, I had such a good day today and, like, you know, can you just bless me and bless my house and bless the kids and whatever, rather than, you know, stopping kind of just having that one-on-one kind of thing to one for my own attention span because I know for me I get distracted super easy and for me it is about kind of stopping what I'm doing, just kind of bringing everything to a halt and just kind of getting that one direction towards myself and God to then maybe even leave like what's in my head to the side and actually kind of go, God, you know, because we all have our doubts, we all have our situations in life and I think sometimes when we kind of give them to God in a way, we actually need to bypass them so that we can have a, we can get that clutter out of our thought process to then be able to just hear more words that God can speak to us and I think that starts by surrendering, stopping and then um, praying and then reading, yeah. The a a healthy relationship, like the Bible talks about, and you'll hear this scripture all the time at weddings, um, about a three-stranded cord, cord, yeah, 
Um, and if you picture a rope, it's normally entwined by like three pieces. So the Bible talks that it's like man, woman, and the Holy Spirit or God. And I think a, holy, a healthy relationship or a godly one always involves God, always involves the Holy Spirit. Um, just as much as I would talk to Jimmy about things, I need to be taking them to God too and asking for strength and relying on each other and also using it like the three chord because if I entwine myself like a rope just with that two and only or girls if you ever braid your hair like you can't leave the third one out like you need the third one you know what I mean like for it to be strong so it's about like using it equally that um say my marriage or relationship is me Jimmy and God um and that's a healthy one and also just open and honest communication all the time like things in the darkness um I like to picture it that devil equals darkness and God equals light. So when things are hidden and secretive and I don't want to share things with Jimmy, then the devil can use it and create like things between us and we start to, yeah, a wedge. You might like have a little thing you don't want to say because you're scared or fearful or whatever and like confrontation is really hard sometimes. I'm not a confrontation person. I used to walk away from conversations with Jimmy when he'd like, he's Greek, so him talking loudly is his normal in a conversation, but it scared me. And so I'd just walk out and that would freak, that would, <laughs> that I wasn't would yelling, him. just no, FYI. It's his normal. Like, I'm, not, I'm not a yeller in nah. a relationship, so... No, no, he's not I'm yelling. Just to cover myself up there. No, you're not yelling. But to me, like having a having an argument, um, I didn't. Basically, how she's talking now. Yeah, I'd, but I didn't want it. Like I'd be scared of the confrontation because I just hate talking about it. Whereas he's like comes from a family where they just talk about it and talk about it and talk about it, which is healthy. And through Jimmy showing me to not leave the conversation or walk out, um, it's brave communication. And like I said. The more you don't talk about it, the more that there's like the devil uses it. So the more we do talk, God can help us in that situation. Um, there's no secrets, there's no separations, and we're always on the same team. Yeah, yeah. I just want to, in a relationship, um, isolation. Like if we're isolating ourselves from others, then like the devil loves. I believe. Like the devil uses isolation and division a lot, and when we're if we're in a relationship and we're isolated from, you know, ha- being accountable, so that's another massive one is having accountability. Then the devil will use that to really kind of um, obviously tempt us into certain things, which obviously we're all youth, we can use our imaginations. But um, I think it's something that, like what Beth said, if if we can keep God in the centre of our relationships, but one thing I can definitely say, if it's kind of tried to think of this when I was in the car on the way here to try and say it easy and quickly, but it's more about if we're in a relationship because God wants us to have that relationship, then God will stay in the relationship. But if we're trying to kind of make up this relationship with someone for the sake of someone just saying, you know, like, oh, you look pretty today or whatever, then it's kind of coming from the wrong, the wrong motive which can then spiral out of control because it's filling in a different spot rather than going, you know what, um, you know, one thing, no, no, like before I met Beth, so just a super quick backstory. Um, Beth and I were actually going out for a little bit, well, I went boy with the old school, but it was called courting because Beth's parents are pastors. So 
It was, anyway, it was I'm not going to go there. Strict. But anyway, so we we're recording for a little bit, and then um, oh no, we weren't. Oh yeah. We were just friends. We were just friends. We were just friends. We were friends, and Beth decided to um, do a nine-month course in America in Bethel Church, um, and that was something we were like, yeah, cool. You know, it's year two thousands. We've got um, Skype at the time. Anyway, cut a long story short. Beth was there for about three months and kind of felt that. And this is where I really honour Beth. She really felt like, you know what, I kind of need to basically stop talking to you because I want to kind of put the relationship on the altar and leave it for a while to then kind of see that, hey, if this relationship is like from God or if this is something that God wants, then we believe that uh, something will sustain there. You know, regardless of her being on the other side of the world, uh, it was something that she wanted to kind of do. And I honoured that. And in that time... Can I say that it was about five months we didn't speak and it really encouraged me to find my identity in who I was rather than my identity in maybe going out with someone or my identity in the car I drove or where I lived or whatever because because I was hurting at the time, you know, young love, it hurts a lot and because it's really the only thing that's been new to you like as a teenager, you're like, well not new but something that becomes... Um, independent and yeah I just we um, I found that's where I was going I lost my train of thought there uh, identity so anyway so I just dug and dug and dug because I was hurting a lot and obviously in those times of when we're hurting we have a choice we can either push to God push into God sorry or push away from God and I really decided to you know push into God and really start to build a, uh, a lot more of a deeper relationship Anyway, Beth emailed me, which at the time I stopped looking at my emails because I hadn't heard from her for five months. And here we are later, she got back and uh, everything kind of took off. So can I just encourage you that, you know, I really believe that, you know, God blessed our relationship because we were willing to be, to put it on the altar and and give it to him. And that's the 101 thing I want to say to all of you guys that are either in a relationship or looking to be in a relationship. If you can give it to God, then God will bless it over and over again. And he blessed it so much, he gave us twins. So, here we are. So, if I can say something about healthy relationships, I think the, the key, especially when you're uh, a young person, is there's sometimes a great deal of um, expectation that if you've got a good friend that you should you know, extend that into uh, some kind of formal relationship where you kind of uh, have expectations of each other. And that some can be really good, but more and more the common is that those those kind of relationships when you start saying, well, you know, you, now you're my boyfriend or you're my girlfriend, um, when you're not mature enough to, to handle that properly, then there's uh, unspoken expectations that become really unhealthy. And so you start to exclude others you know, in your life. You start to isolate yourselves, uh, so you're only seeing yourselves. And then ultimately, if that relationship fails, then you find yourself all out on your own and all the friends and social network you once had together is a real awkward place. And so usually what happens is both of those people, in that couple, split away from everyone who they knew and then go through, I guess, a, um, a lonely time of, you know, it depends how, how long, 
but they can go through a really lonely, rough patch because they isolated them. They they isolated to each other, but didn't maintain the the balance of friendship. So whatever you do, if you have a relationship, make sure you keep all your other friends too, because you need them one day. Don't say, "Oh, I don't need you anymore. I've got my boyfriend." Yeah. Um, or I've got my girlfriend. Um, you still need them in your life because yeah. if that relationship uh, goes wrong, yeah. then you haven't suddenly got no friends anymore. And it's much more common than you think that uh, that really isolates people. So the other thing with a healthy relationship is respect each other and watch how they respect others. So if you want a good relationship, you might think, well, she really loves me um, and she really looks after me, buys me chocolates and gets me KFC all the time, things like that. That's really good. But watch how they treat others because eventually, that, that, well, really, that's who they really are to everyone else. So it might be really cool that you're getting... Uh, um, all, all the favour from, from a partner, but if they, if they uh, aren't nice to other people, then you'll find that um, uh, that's a character thing that they need to work on and you need to be aware of that as well. Yeah. Can I ask, is it okay to date someone who doesn't know God? I can answer that. I, I will. I want to. I want to answer. Um, look, you can... Because every, everything in life is a choice. You can choose to argue with your parents every single day about going to school. You, you, can, choose, you can choose to have a bad attitude towards learning. You can, everything in life is a choice. So you can choose to go behind friends' backs. If you're in a Christian family, go behind your Christian family and think, I'm too cool for school and I can do it. So you, there's a choice. You can. Do you want to be in... If you want to be doing something that honours God and be healthy... The answer is don't do it because you only get yourself hurt. Now, the other thing I want to say is you might really like someone. You're, I don't know if this question, you're even going to ask this question, so I'm just going to give you the answer for a question you're not answering. Because we have had four children and then, you know what, you can be so cool at 13 and 14 and 15 and really love somebody. They, you really love them and, they, and you want to be with them, we would, as parents, this is what we'd say to our children, is we don't think you need to be in a relationship because do you know what a serious relationship is actually leading for? It leads for marriage. The whole idea when Jimmy and Beth started a relationship, they were really going, they're already thinking, I think I like this person. Like for me, when I started going out with Rob, I liked Rob. I loved all the characters about him because he really—he was serving Jesus. He was devoted to his church. There's lots and lots of characters that I loved about Rob. And so when Rob said, do you want to go out with me? Because that was back in that time when you still said, oh, do you want to go out with me? Do you want to be my girlfriend? Um, I was like, he could have said at the time, do you want to marry me? And I could have said yes because I liked what I had seen in Rob. So when we went on our, whether it's courtship or we started going out with each other, it was with the intention of getting married. Now, can I be honest? When you're 13 and 14, you don't even have a job to support yourself to be able to get married. So that's, they're not going to tell you this at school. The movies are not going to tell you this. The movies actually tell you the opposite. They just say, get together and do other things that are not necessary. So I'm going to say, you said, is, is it good to go out with a non-Christian? The answer is, you can, but it's not for your good. So really... If you want to listen to Mama P, don't do it. Only because I'm saying don't set yourself up for heartbreak. Yeah. 
Can you talk to that person about Jesus and share your faith? Yes, that is what we're meant to do. Can they then have a relationship with Jesus? Yes, they can. But give it time. So yeah. I, think, I think if I can add something to that, is don't, 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 mics. don't fall for the trap that you think, well, I've got a, you know, you, you enter a relationship, you have, you have a, a boyfriend or girlfriend, um, that that means that somehow that I'm going to have to plan to marry that person because you never, sometimes you never know what um, they're really like until you enter that more close relationship. Um, but every time you go into a relationship, there's some people who have this uh, magnetism. They've always got to go from one relationship to another. And that, uh, I think, uh, um, isn't a healthy pattern in your life because your emotions are always being uh, really high. Oh, he, you know, they really like me. They, I, I'm in love again. And then when that breaks up, then you get a lower gain. And then in some people's uh, experiences, then they go on the hunt for the next high. So they're chasing another relationship. So you don't want to be that kind of person who's always chasing the next high. Um, but going out with someone doesn't automatically mean that you should get married uh, or be aiming for that. But you do want to get to know someone in a way that uh, you get to see who they really are. The best way forward, I think, with that, if you really want to know what someone's like, and that's why people enter relationships, is uh, see what they are, I said this earlier, but with other people around. So if you're going out, go, go out with a group, um, uh, get to know them, how they uh, act with other people, and that can be a real help too, rather than um, you know, just sort of running off in isolation on your own. Mm. But, but relationships is a big thing. It, it is important that we know... Uh, you know, we know ourselves because what you take into a relationship is if you're broken, you don't want to bring your broken part to that relationship because your broken hurts them. So you want to be, you want to be fair and kind and, and relational in a relationship, not bring that brokenness, whatever that is, your anger, your disappointments, your hurt, and then you'll project that onto them and uh, it'll be a bad experience for all involved. So just think of that. Bring your best into it. Um, I'm just quickly going to touch on this because I did. I was with someone for a couple of years that was didn't come to church, and I definitely went into the relationship as a young, oh, I don't know, 18 year old, thinking that I was going to be able to kind of win her over as such for church because at the time I was still I was at church, um, but unfortunately, like it or not, and like it's black and white you kind of do get influenced in certain areas because you just don't carry the same values. You just don't carry certain elements um, that then can help kind of, you know, push towards growing a relationship to God because of, you know, their cultures and their values are different to then what mine were. And at the time, you know, I was in a rebuilding stage of kind of what mine were, but then there were... You know, there's a Bible in the about. There's a Bible. There's a verse in the Bible about une, unevenly yoked, and that's kind of what happens. You kind of have me trying to kind of grow towards God, yet I'm trying to grow a relationship that isn't godly, kind of. So then you've got this uneven thing going on, and it's this it's this cocktail that just doesn't either look right nor taste right, and it does cost you a little bit at the end. I was only with them for. A couple of years but it's still a couple of years that you know I kind of did it and realised that we're kind of going separate ways so yeah
I'll start. But, um, I was going to, going back in with the other question as well is where you're at right now is I've been in your seats, I suppose, um, and I said I met Jimmy at youth and whatnot, and I've already said my mum was very strict, so um, she was pretty onto it, but um, youth, like use youth group as your safe place and be friends with people. So um, my mum wouldn't even let me drive in the same car with Jimmy for a long, long time, since like after America, I was, I was 18 and everything. But regardless of that, from I met Jimmy when I was probably 12, and you know, and we've like we were good friends at youth. Like mum, like I didn't go hang out with him on our own as such. And my point to that is, like, be okay at your age. Like you're not gonna. And Pauline said, you want the ultimate goal to be if you're in getting into a relationship, the feelings, the emotions, the 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 touch as such. None of that matters at the end if you don't have good friendship if you don't have good foundations of being friends with that person so you know I look back now and think oh mum you were smart in not letting me you know get carried away with the butterflies in my tummy or whatever um I enjoyed coming to youth group to, to see Jimmy but um we hung out as friends in a group like you like you guys come and and hey you may have on crushes on people here but be friends with them grow get to know them like Rob said as they are with their friends this is a safe place to get to know each other don't go sneaking off don't you know don't try and fulfill something before it's meant to be um just and Jimmy and I like at the end of the day have a great friendship regardless of you know anything else going on and so I suppose advice with that is just try not to get caught up with our feelings and emotions. Um, just be okay with where you're at yeah. at the moment. You know, there's, like I said, that was a long time from 12 to, um, I still liked him then when I left for America at 18 and then still to come back, but we were friends all that time. So just like be, keep it healthy. You know, listen to your parents' advice. Listen to Pastor Josh's advice with keeping things in the light, like I said. Um, and hang out in groups. Hang out with other friends and see people as they really are and build that friendship. Yeah, uh, my quick little one would be uh, stay accountable and stay open. Find someone's Christian relationship. So say either your senior pastors or another married couple in the church and stay accountable to them stay open to them because look they want you to succeed you know like there's no um there's no like oh there must be this perfect formula for two people to get together if god's in it and you're keeping open and accountable through your pastors or through you know another couple that you're like man i you know i love that how those couple go about things then being accountable and being open is uh is definitely an important thing but it's not the most natural thing to do because because when we're going out with people for the first time or whatever they're new feelings they're new it's all new to us so it's like well I'm going to build my own thing and there is a certain amount of building that you need to do but there's also a, a definitely an influence that we need to have in our relationship to maybe hey just tap us on the shoulder and go hey you know you kind of maybe need to do this or try that because You'd be surprised how many people want you to succeed in a relationship. And um, as Pastor Rob said, if it doesn't, then you haven't kind of 
you haven't kind of scored each, like you haven't bruised and battered each other to then go, well, I'm not going back there, I'm not seeing that person because you've got unresolved things because the relationship was never stemmed out of something, out of a, a friendship foundation. It was like a, oh, well, you know, Beth's pretty, Jim's cute, you know, I want to text him or whatever. I think uh, what we've got to be aware of is we live in a throwaway society these yeah. days, so uh, we don't usually have things that re we repair anymore. So that's a, a, a cultural attitude. So when we have things that in other generations would just keep getting it fixed, these days if the TV or the toaster breaks down, you just throw it away and get a new one. And that's, um, you know, when I was young, which is ancient days, uh, you used to take your toaster to get fixed. You didn't buy a new one. You kept the same toaster for 40 years or so and just took it somewhere and get it fixed every time it broke down. We don't do that anymore. And that can be a, a, a cultural thing where we get used to this thing, oh, this is broken or this isn't good for me anymore, so I just throw it away. You don't want to be that kind of person who um, finds when things get tough or things aren't working for you anymore that you just trash that uh, relationship. That can happen in friendships and and it can happen in relationships. But there is a time, I think, to ask yourself whether or not you're mature enough for, for a relationship is before you get too far into it, say, could I handle it if this were to stop? So if you're thinking, oh, my whole life would be crushed and my, uh, my feelings would be broken, then you've got to go, well, I've got to protect myself a bit and not just go full into this and then suddenly find myself crushed and uh, embarrassed and ashamed of myself because it didn't work. Um, so you don't want to have your identity and your value fully in that one thing. So, um, and I, I know a lot of people, you know, uh, are hurt and and uh, spend a lot of time, um, you know, uh, I guess trying to recover from relationships that didn't work because they've put too much weight on what they thought, you know, from the other person on them. Great, that is great, guys. What? So you guys really dug some gold there. Um, before we close, we might just get one of you to pray over the youth ministry, maybe pray for over discipleship and over our relationships um, for us, if, that, if you would be able to, please. All right, I will. Can we just stand, if you will? <clears throat> I know tonight could be heavy. There might have been things that you've never uh, heard before or could be whole new concepts. But what we've been talking about today is uh, what it's like to be a disciple. And so as a disciple of Jesus, the way we do things is going to be different to what you know, everyone else in the world does. So uh, being a follower of Jesus means that you are, you are different, but different for a better reason. So if you will, uh, if, you, if you can, you can raise a hand or something like that to uh, spiritually say, Jesus, I want you to touch me or feel me or give me something tonight. So dear Heavenly Father, I just pray over every single young person here tonight. Lord, I pray that they may understand more fully what it is to be a disciple. Lord, I pray that you may bring uh, uh, wisdom into this youth ministry, Lord God, that you may uh, use each one of these people in a very specific and powerful way to make a difference in the lives of many. So we just um, ask for your goodness on them, your, your blessing, and may they understand the power of God as well in their life. And we just pray for uh, when relationships begin, that they'll be God-honoring relationships, that they'll be accountable relationships. But Lord, I pray that they'll be relationships at work because they're between disciples of Jesus who are wanting to honor him with their lives. So we just thank you for them tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.